Well, good morning, Go Church friends and family. My name is JC Worley. I'm the lead pastor of Go Church. And I just wanted to pause and say thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity to be live streamed right into your living room or your bedroom or your home today. That really is such an honor. I know there are a lot of great churches that are live streaming their Sunday morning gatherings and, and you've taken the time to join into our live stream or watching this message on demand. And we just thank you. We thank God for you. And we're so, we're so thankful. So God bless all of you. One of our weekly traditions, we always pause to give honor to the incredibly brave military men and women and all of the first responders. And as you know, with this crisis that we're facing nationally and globally, I thought that today would be another great day just to pause and to say thank you to the incredibly brave military men and women and all of those first responders that are literally risking their own lives to make sure that your life and my life is protected. So, sir, ma'am, God bless you. We thank God for you. Come on, right now in the comment section, can you show some love, show some love to all of the military men and women and first responders. We pray that the protection of the Lord be with you. I'd like to, if you'd allow me, I'd like to take a second and actually take my pastor hat off and put my dad cap on for a minute because today is our little girl, London Grace, that is her fifth birthday today. And so I know that she's at home with her brother and mom watching the live stream. So London, I just wanted to tell you happy birthday to you. We love you so much. We're so thankful for you, London. Happy birthday, baby girl. And I am so very proud of you. I'm so proud to be your dad. And then everybody watching online, I'm really proud to be your pastor. You know, pastoring a church through a pandemic like the one that we're facing has brought some, some creative challenges. And, and I'm so proud of the way that our church has responded. Thank you for your continued faithfulness in giving and your faithfulness in serving. As a matter of fact, as you know, we kicked off what we're calling an emergency response team. And you all have just jumped right into the trenches to make sure that the love of Jesus is felt in our community, even during this coronavirus outbreak. I wanna give you a couple of pictures here, and they're gonna put these pictures large on the screen for you to see. These are some pictures of our team at both campuses, those that are volunteering on the emergency response team, and they're serving in different capacities, either with Bridging the Gap here in Coweta County, Georgia, or with Man of Food in Montgomery County, Maryland. And as you can see, they're, they're working hard to love people to life, and we just thank you. And I really love these next two photos because this photo is of Maria, who's wearing the Go Church t-shirt, come on now, and Maria lives in Orange Walk, Belize. She works with uh, the, the Children's Cup nonprofit ministry that, that we support on a monthly basis. And Maria is going door to door, loving children and loving people during this coronavirus outbreak that they're facing in the country of Belize as well. She's delivering food and all kinds of essentials. And so she jumped into this emergency response team with us. And I just think that's so fantastic. So Maria, God bless you. And, and church, thank you for your giving. Every time that you give, you are literally affording us the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ extended. On the screen, you can see the different ways that you can give. All of those ways are safe and secure. And I know that as you give, God will bless that exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask, think, or even imagine. Come on, give me a good amen in the comment section there. And then also you're allowing the ministry of Go Church just to continue to love people to life. So God bless you go church family. Aren't you glad to be a part of a church that's still doing outreach even in the middle of uncertain times? 
I know that I am. And as a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, when, when this whole pandemic kind of kicked off, the Lord dropped a word into my heart. And that word or that phrase was simple yet profound. And this is what I heard. I heard, JC, choose faith over fear. Come on, right now, out loud, wherever you're watching from, can you say this with me? Say, let's choose faith over fear. And over the last couple of weeks, we've turned this thought into consecutive messages. We've turned it into a series of messages, and I hope that you've enjoyed those as we've been live streaming right into your home each week. If you've missed any of the previous weeks of the Faith Over Fear series, I want you to make sure you go on our website, mygochurch.com, and you can check out the on-demand videos of those previous weeks. Now, I got a confession to make, and uh, I pray that this is very therapeutic for me, and it, you all, listen to me, you gotta hold me accountable after I tell you the confession. So being quarantined at home, I have been eating way too much food. Come on now, I don't know if you're with me on that. I even told you last Sunday, this was a great fear of mine. And I can tell that I've been adding a, a pound or two. Now remember, the camera always adds at least 10 pounds. But as your pastor, I have been eating too much food. And, and earlier this week, I actually went to my Instagram and I posed this question. I said, all right, church family, show me some of the meals that you've been making while you've been quarantined. I'm gonna show you a few pictures here. And uh, I hope that this just does something to your appetite. Look at this, come on now. This is a, this is homemade chicken pot pie. Man, do you just feel the Lord in this, in this picture? How about this, some homemade yogurt parfait topped with some granola. Here's something that looks really yummy. Um, some, some, some homemade French bread. Come on, can you taste that right now? Thank you, Jesus. Here's our campus pastor from our South Metro Atlanta campus, Pastor Ben Warwick. He, he, he put on a whole slab of baby back ribs. I want my baby back ribs. Come on now. And then for dessert, here's what, what Pastor Ben made. He made a, a bread pudding. And if you look at the mason jar, there is a, a, a chocolate, a chocolate glaze sauce or something. It's just like heaven in a mason jar. Come on, that you just drizzle over the top of that whole thing. Here's a couple more pictures. I hope you're hungry right now. Here are some cinnamon apple oatmeal cookies. Come on. I love this picture. Somebody made, somebody grilled some salmon with homemade mac and cheese and then like a zucchini medley. My God, I hope you're getting some recipes, church. The next photo is something that, that I whipped up. You know, I just wanted you to know your pastor's got a little grilling skills. Come on. So I grilled up some ahi tuna with grilled pineapple. I did a, a, a Brussels sprout. Come on, you got to eat them Brussels sprouts. Now, love me some Brussels sprouts and some grilled corn. And then I'll end it with our campus pastor up in Maryland. He and his wife, Esther, Pastor David and Esther, they made Oreo stuffed chocolate chip cookies. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a chocolate chip cookie with an Oreo stuffed in the middle. I'm telling you right now that we have been feeding our stomachs really well. But during this crisis, that's not the only thing that's been fed really well. As a matter of fact, as you watch the news or you listen to the news or, or you get on social media, you will see the constant news coverage of COVID-19. Here are just a few headlines that, that you've seen. Every day we wake up to hearing about more cases of the coronavirus or more deaths due to the coronavirus. We hear all around the, all around the globe about the pandemonium that is broken out because of this virus and this disease. If you watch the stock market, that that can feed your fear, can it? 
Yeah, the stock market, the instability of our economy and the fluctuation of, of expenses and income. And how about this? Uh, even, even this 2 million jobs of unemployment has, has been updated. As of this weekend, we're now right at 3.5 million people are currently unemployed. And if you try to go to the grocery store, come on. I mean, people are just literally taking things from the shelf. And many of you, your Walmart or grocery store experience has looked more like this. See, while we're feeding our stomachs, the world is feeding our fears. And I want to tell you something that if you're not careful, what you feed the most will get the most attention. Let me say it to you like this. Write this thought down. Whatever you feed will grow. And that's so true. Listen to me. If you are committed to feeding your faith, then your faith in God will grow. But if you are determined to feeding your fears, then it will be your fears that grow and overtake your faith. And so this morning in the middle of everything that we're facing, I thought, let me give you something that will help you feed your faith and starve your fears. If you got your Bible, and I hope that you do, why don't you flip with me to a very familiar chapter in the Bible and a few verses that many of you know so well. It's Proverbs chapter number three. There are a few verses here in the scripture that I want to share with you. Beginning in verse number five, the Bible says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. As a matter of fact, let's do this. I'm gonna read all seven verses and I'd like for you to read them aloud as you watch and listen and lean into. You ready? Let's read this together. One, two, three. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Verse seven, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. Let's keep going. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, verse 11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord will discipline those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. This morning, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to give you seven ways that you can feed your faith and starve your fears. This is gonna be really good today. I want you to take a lot of notes and, and jump into the comment section with me. Whenever God says something through me today that resonates in your heart and mind, come on, drop that in the comment section. Again, seven ways that you can feed your faith and starve your fears. And all seven of these ways were found in the verses that you and I just read together. The first way is this, the first way to feed your faith and starve your fears. I want you to put your trust in the Lord with all of your heart. See, verse number five is a call to action. And the call to action here is a complete trust in God. It's not a piecemeal trust. It's not a, not a partial trust. It's a, a full, complete trust in God. And I think many of us are guilty of this, and I've been guilty of this as well, where sometimes we pick and choose the areas of our life that we want to trust God in. So maybe it looks something like this. We'll say, God, I'll trust you with my marriage, but I can't trust you with my money. 
Or God, I'm going to trust you with my career, but I don't fully trust you with with my children. God's not calling you to a partial or piecemeal trust. God is saying in every area of your life, you have to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. It makes me think about my family. I wanted to show you a picture of my family for two reasons. Number one, I want you to know that we're doing really well at the Worley household. And then number two, as you look at this family, you can see that God has really blessed your pastor. Let me tell tell you about my family, but let me talk specifically about my wife, Kimberly. I trust Kimberly and I love Kimberly. And my love and trust for Kimberly is not partial. It's not halfsies, it's all in. I trust Kimberly with everything in my heart, I do. Now, a lot of you may not be able to say the same about earthly relationships or even your relationship with God because many of us, we have trust issues. That's a real thing. I want you to know something about trust issues. All trust issues are fear-based. They're fear-based. And, and here's what I mean by that. Uh, because of the fear of getting hurt or being let down or maybe even being disappointed in life, here's what we do. We, we build up these walls. We put up these protective walls, if you will, hoping that these protective walls will keep the bad out. Let's keep all the bad out of our lives. But listen to me, what ultimately happens is all of the trust issues and those walls that you have built in fear, they end up keeping God out. And I wanna give you a challenge today. Church, it's time that you tear down the walls that you've built in fear and you let God in by faith. Come on, give me a good amen right there. God is calling us and he's saying, the number one way that you can feed your faith and starve your fears is to trust me, says the Lord. Let me give you this acronym for the idea of trust. Trust is turning over my life to God. It's realizing that God has a perfect plan for me. It's understanding that, hey, I'm not always going to be able to understand. We'll unpack that one uh, in greater depth in just a moment. It's seeking God's will every single step of the way. And it's thanking God. This is a big one. And it's thanking God regardless of the outcome. This, ladies and gentlemen, is trusting the Lord with how much? All of your heart. And that's a great way to feed your faith and to starve your fear. Let me give you another thought. A second way that you can feed your faith and starve your fear is that God is calling us to not lean on our own understanding. He says this. He says, you, you need to stop leaning on what you're trying to comprehend and understand. And I'm not gonna say anything profound, but maybe just as a reminder, there's a lot of things happening around the globe today that you and I do not understand. At least for me, there's a lot of questions that I have and a lot of lack of understanding. And here's the dilemma. Every time I try to understand it, the more fear sets in. Every time I see another headline that I open up to read or to listen more about what's happening, the more fear or anxiety creeps into my heart. Now, I'm not saying don't be up to date on current events. And I'm not saying don't be knowledgeable on what's going on around the globe, but what I am saying is this, don't lean on your limited understanding. See, a lot of times in life what happens is this, we make our decisions based off of what we see, but the Bible tells us that we can't walk, that we must walk by faith 
and not by sight. We can't walk by what we see. We have to walk by faith. And ultimately, we'll make a lot of decisions off of what we see in the natural. But listen to me, church. God is bigger than what we see. And God is up to far more than what we see. So a second way that you can feed your faith and starve your fear, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. You just lean on Jesus. Come on and give me a good amen right there. All right, let me give you a third one. So a third way to feed your faith and starve your fears. This is big. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And all your ways, acknowledge him, verse number six says. So, so what does this mean exactly? It means that you and I must acknowledge that God is working in all things. It means that we must pause, you and I, we got to pause and acknowledge the, the sovereignty of God, that we've got to acknowledge the authority of God. We've got to acknowledge the, the power of God. I don't, know if you've, I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with somebody that wouldn't let you get a word in. So in that conversation, they dominated the conversation and they refused to acknowledge your presence in the moment. They wouldn't listen to you. They didn't acknowledge that you were even there. In church, I think we do that with God a lot. We don't acknowledge God in what's happening, in the small things and in the big things. And I want to tell you, don't treat God like that. Acknowledge God in everything. Acknowledge God in all things, in the small things, in the big things. Acknowledge his power. Acknowledge his authority. Acknowledge his sovereignty. As a matter of fact, right now, let's pause and do that. Let's acknowledge the Lord. God, we acknowledge you. We honor you. We bless you. And we know that you are working all things together for our good. Come on, church. Now, there's a, there's a beautiful promise attached to the first three ways to feed your faith and starve your fears. Let me show you what I mean. Let's recap for a moment. You'll see all three of these ways to feed your faith, starve your fears. When you put your trust in the Lord with all of your heart, that's number one. And when you stop leaning on your own understanding, that was number two. And when you acknowledge God in all of your ways, watch this beautiful promise. He will make your paths straight. Come on. I ought to see a lot of hearts going on the screen right now for likes, some comments saying, preach pastor. In all of your ways, watch this, your paths will be made straight by trusting in the Lord, by not leaning on your own understanding, and by acknowledging God. Here's what he does. He lays out this beautiful path for you to walk on. Come on, that's good today, right? Let me give you another way to feed your faith and starve your fears. The Bible says in verse number seven, we read this, do not be wise in your own eyes. Now, this is a big one because this is a protest against self-sufficiency. It's a protest against self-conceit. It is literally an objection on self-reliance. Don't be wise in your own eyes. And let me say something to you. And if this offends you, then it's probably you who I'm talking to. This is not the time for you to be a know-it-all. Come on, church. Like right now is not the time for you to be a know-it-all. Listen, don't be wise in your own eyes. As a matter of fact, let me give you a thought here. If you are the wisest person you know, you need to get some new friends. Come on now. You cannot be the wisest person you know. In the middle of what's happening in front of us, I've tried to surround myself with people that have far greater wisdom than I possess 
because I don't want to be the wisest person I know in my life or in this season. Are you with me? Watch number five. Here we go. Let's keep moving together. A fifth way to feed your faith and starve your fears. The Bible says in verse seven, to fear the Lord and to shun evil. To fear the Lord and to shun evil. Now here's the truth. Watch this. God, here's what the Bible says. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Uh, an ungodly fear that you feel whenever you watch the headlines, right? As the world feeds your fears, that ungodly fear does not come from God. But what we do possess in us is a fear of the Lord. And I wanna make a statement here. I think, especially in our country, and we see this around the world, but we have stopped fearing the Lord with a holy, reverent fear. Now, I'm not suggesting that this coronavirus is sent from God or it's by God, but I do believe with everything inside of me that God is using what's happening to flex his muscles and to put his power on display. We've got to get back to a holy fear of God. But in this crisis, whether it's the crisis that is in the world or the crisis of your world, we also must shun evil. See, the enemy is working overtime right now. The Bible says in James that we must resist the devil and he will flee from us. And I just want to challenge you because many of us, we are self-quarantined or depending on what state or county you're watching from or country you're watching from, you might be mandated quarantine. And in that home of, of isolation with your family, watch what happens. Evil can creep in and arguing can surface and, and disagreeing can surface and, and fighting can, sur can surface. You got to shun evil. Remember, listen to me. This is going to be really helpful for somebody that's ready just to get out of the house. Listen to me. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And the enemy would love to steal this moment of isolation with you and your family to get close together again, to be in unity and to pull you apart. And you've got to learn to shun the evil. I think about the many people that are dealing with depression right now. Listen, fight against the emotion of depression. Some people even battling some suicidal thoughts. No, listen to me. The Bible says, fear the Lord and shun evil. Don't let bitterness creep in and anger creep in and sin creep in. You fear the Lord and you shun evil. That's a great way to feed your faith and to starve your fears. Again, let me show you, if you follow these instructions, here's the promise. Let's recap. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Come on, right? Fear the Lord and shun evil. And then here's the promise. And I, when you see this, and some of you already see it because you got your Bibles open, but when you see this, I want you to hold on to it as a promise from God, a promise written by God. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. When you stop being wise in your own eyes, when you begin to fear the Lord and you resist evil, you shun evil, that's what brings healing to your body, health to your body, and nourishment to your bones. I hope you're enjoying today as much as I'm enjoying preaching it. Come on. All right, let me give you two more thoughts here. I'm giving you seven ways to feed your faith and starve your fears. Here's the sixth way. Watch this. Verse number nine reads as follows. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruit of your crops. And I, I love 
that right here sandwiched in these few verses is a call to honor God with our finances. I mean, think about it. In all of the ways that we attempt to honor God in this season, God says, you can't honor me with your church attendance. Uh, you, can't, you can't honor me with your talents, you know, to an extent, because so many of you are quarantined. He says, you can't, you can't honor me with all of your volunteer hours. No, the Bible says to honor God with the very thing that proves where your heart is. Scripture says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And listen to me as we come to a close. With the instability of the economy, it's easy to hold on to your money, right? It's easy to hold tight to your money and say, I'm not, I'm not gonna honor God with, with my finances. I'm not gonna honor God you know, with my tithe or with my, with my offering. But I wanna tell you something, as your, as your pastor, as your spiritual tour guide, as your spiritual leader, I'm not gonna feed that fear. No, watch, even in the middle of the uncertainty of the economy, I'm still going to honor the Lord with my wealth. I'm still going to put God, look at this, First, I'm going to put them first. Let me tell you something, church. God has never failed. Come on now. He hasn't failed us yet, and he's not going to start failing us today. The psalmist David says in Psalm 37, he says, Never have I seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I just want to give you the Bible. Watch this promise. Because if, if you do this, this, if you do this, you know, way to feed your faith and starve your fears, there's a promise. Watch. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all of your crops. And here's the promise, watch. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Man, that's good. That's so good today. And let me give you one more, uh, three, four minutes and we'll be done here. The seventh way to feed your faith and starve your fears. Watch this. Do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. I'm gonna say it one more time. Do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Church, lean in for a second. I wanna say something to you. I really believe in my heart that God right now is disciplining us. He's disciplining us. Now I said this earlier in the message, but let me just make sure everybody heard me or if you're just now tuning in, you hear me again. I do not believe that COVID-19 is from God, but I do know and believe that God is using it to get our attention. All around the world are godless nations and America was on the fast track to becoming a godless nation. And God is using this pandemic as a wake-up call, as a wake-up call to every country and to every individual, and he's disciplining his children. He's rebuking his children. And maybe you're thinking, well, why, why would God want to discipline us? Let me give you quickly four characteristics of godly discipline. Why would God desire to discipline us? You start with the necessity, the necessity. Here's the reason. God gives us discipline so that we don't end up in destruction. Uh, in the New Testament, really all through the Bible, you can see how Scripture likens believers to sheep. 
and you've heard this before, not just from me, but other, other pastors that Christians are like sheep. And the thing about sheep is they're very dumb animals. They're, they're not very intelligent. And, and here's what happens is that a good shepherd, listen to me, a good shepherd will provide discipline so that the sheep doesn't end up in destruction. That's the necessity. Here's the motive of the discipline that we're under, and it's to express love. Now, I know what you're thinking as you watch the headlines, and those headlines, again, feed your fears. You might think, well, how can God love us if all of this is happening? I'll never forget when I was in the seventh grade, I got into my first fist fight. And I know you're wondering how it turned out, and uh, you know, I'll just say it like this, you should see the other guy, right? But I remember my dad being called to the school and my dad coming up to the school and I'm sitting in the principal's office and I've got a busted lip and you know, I could see the frustration in my father's eyes, but watch, I could also see his disappointment. He didn't say much in the principal's office and he didn't say a whole lot on the car ride home. But when we got home, let me just tell you, I was disciplined. My father disciplined me because he was disappointed in me. And he disciplined me because he wanted to teach me that, JC, you're better than this behavior. Now, listen to this. He loved me through it all. After the discipline, he didn't stop feeding me. My dad didn't stop providing clothes for me or kick me out of the house. No, my dad loved me enough to discipline me. That, that's the motive of godly discipline is God wants to show you that he loves us enough to discipline us, to teach us, watch this, the goal. And the goal is obedience. And here we are all these years later, and now I've got a family and two children. And I, I don't love disciplining Lapeland and London, but when I do have to discipline them, it's because I want them to learn to obey, to obey, to obey. Discipline is how we learn to obey. Uh, I'm reminded of the psalmist David in the 23rd Psalm. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For God, you are with me. And watch, for your rod and your staff comfort me. I love that the psalmist David used the rod and the staff because one is used for protection, but the other is used for correction. God wants to correct us from falling into traps of destruction to put his love on display and to teach us obedience. And here's the result. And watch this. And I think that this will happen as this crisis comes to an end. In the name of Jesus, we will experience the discipline of God, short-term pain, but a long-term gain. I want you to write this down real quick because I want to give you a a verse here to reference. The result of godly discipline is short-term pain and long-term gain. Look at this verse, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, right? No, in the moment it's, it's painful, but watch this. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness. And not only does it produce a harvest of righteousness, but it also produces peace for anybody who has been trained by it. Short-term pain, but a long-term gain. I'm gonna close with this thought, you know, regardless of your beliefs today, 
And regardless of where you find yourself on the spiritual spectrum in your journey, we are all on a spiritual journey. As a matter of fact, earlier this week, my son and I, we were sitting on the the back patio area at our house and we were just having a conversation. And I said this to him and it just really, his eyes opened up a little bit and he had some questions, but it really opened up my eyes. I, I said this, I said, Lakeland, it takes great faith to believe in God, but I believe it takes greater faith to believe there is no God. Think about that. It does take great faith for us to believe in God, but it takes a greater faith to believe there is no God. And in the crisis like we're in right now around the world, oh Jesus, having faith in an almighty God is the very thing that will allow us to overcome all of our fears. Let me tell you what I mean. 1 John 4.18 says, perfect love drives out fear. Let me tell you what doesn't drive out fear. Success won't drive out fear. Finances, money, it won't drive out fear. The stimulus package, no, it won't drive out fear. Watch, science, science won't drive out fear. The only thing that drives out fear is perfect love. And Jesus demonstrated just how much he loved us by being crucified on that cross. So I'm telling you today, church, stop feeding your fears. No, no, no. Feed your faith and starve your fears. And through it all, you'll see just how much God loves you, even in the moments where he's rebuking us and teaching us and his discipline is on display. I'm gonna give you this thought. A couple of weeks ago when all of this began, God gave me this declaration and I closed last Sunday with this declaration and I'd like to close this Sunday with this declaration again. They're gonna make this large on the screen for you and I. And for those of you that are in Christ, I want you to say this loud and I want you to say this proud. But for those of you that might be wrestling in your faith, I pray that as you hear this message or you hear these words, that you recognize that maybe what you've been doing is feeding fears. And now God wants you to feed your faith and your eyes are open to this understanding that God is sovereign, he is in control, and all of his promises are yes and amen for those who are in Christ Jesus. And for you, let this be a declaration, a moment where you ask God to come into your life. Let's say this together. I am a believer. I am in Christ. I hold fast to the confession of faith. I walk by faith. I live out my faith and I trust God by faith. My faith can move mountains. This works because Jesus is the author and perfecter of my faith. Even on the days when my faith is low, he is always faithful. My faith is the bridge that allows me to cross over all of my fears. At the end of the day, my faith will win because I know that my father will win. And because of my faith, others will become followers of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us today. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that deposited deep within us, we have faith over fear. And I pray for the individual watching, or the family watching this broadcast, whenever they're tuning in, that the message they have heard today is a message of hope. 
It's a message that whenever we lean on you, whenever we trust you with all of our heart, and we lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, we acknowledge you. You, God, are the one that makes our paths straight. So here's my prayer to our church family and to our church friends. May the peace of God be upon you. May the protection of God be with you. And may the provision of God be experienced in you. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you and go church.